Welcome to part two of this out of line discussion with Francis Cannon. All right, so tell me about you and your history on social media. Cool. Um, I want to hear about it. Cool. So, um, well, I'm most well known on Instagram. Like, I have a Facebook, but that's for like family and like friends. Don't really, we don't need to talk about Facebook, but I started Instagram about five years ago now, Mm -hmm. and it started just like, most Instagram started with a lot of really bad filters um, and a lot of selfies. Still a lot of selfies. Mm. I mean, I'm amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it just started as like a personal Instagram. I like put drawings up occasionally because I've, I've always drawn. Um, but for some reason, I edited them heavily with filters and stuff. Why did I do that? I don't know. So if you scroll back, because they're all still there. Yeah. If you scroll back the thousands of posts, you'll see like some really, really interesting interesting content um (laughs) um yeah so I started just as a personal personal account and then um I started like like when when I started being interested in the art that I do now which I think I I I, it's hard it's hard to talk about without like going into the history of my art practice um but like I'm listening I want to hear like I've always I've always loved drawing and I've always like drawn in my sketchbook about more personal stuff but then didn't really like bring that into like my main art practice but it was when I started taking the drawings that I did for myself and started sharing those that I started gaining popularity so I started like um like drawing myself I always draw myself. I started drawing myself nude and started drawing about my experiences in really simple kind of ways. And that's when I started gaining popularity. So that would have been um, mm, three and a bit years ago now that I started, like, started gaining more followers. Um, Yeah, so, like, um, that's how it all started. Yeah. Um, Did you have any moment either where you got featured somewhere or where someone discovered and reposted your work? Did you have any, like all of a sudden one day you opened Instagram and were like, holy shit, where are all these followers coming from? Or has it all been really gradual? Um, it's been pretty gradual. Like I've, I, I remember like hitting my first thousand and being so excited. Um, and that, that was like a really big deal. Um, and like, and, and that like around about that point, my, excuse me, my account became like an art account. Like I like, it was like dedicated to posting more art and stuff like that. Um, and then like from there, like, like, like people reposting and like, I started getting like noticed by like, um, like, like online, what are they called? Like publications publications and stuff. Um, started getting noticed. Um, and like I was featured, like um, oh, this would have been around about two thousand followers was featured in like a here are some women artists you should follow kind of thing on I think it was Bustle, cool. um, and and like from there it's, it started rolling. Um, one of the big one of the big things that like went viral was self love club the tattoos. Um, so like when that started and people started getting self love club tattooed, that got featured on so many so many publications um and so a lot of a lot of followers like came from that 
Um, but yeah, it's been really gradual though. Like, cause it, like I've had Instagram for five years and it's taken five years to get where I am. Like people are always asking me, how do I get more followers? I'm like, wait five years. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but it's, it, it's, it's, um, like putting, putting yourself out there and, and putting work up that you, you like. And mm-hmm. then, um, I draw what I'm interested in and I draw what I'm passionate about. And I think that comes across if you're, um, excited about what you're making that's going to come across and that artwork is going to be better than if you're just trying to make something that's going to get a lot of likes because it won't get a lot of likes if you're just trying to make it for other people you know what I mean yeah yeah um yeah nah yeah um so like I think like my my tip is like being honest in your work is like the most important thing but like Instagram is so fickle like some people will make it big and some won't and it's all to do with the algorithm or whatever like it's so silly um like it's it's a bit of luck involved as well unfortunately like I wish it wasn't that way but like uh. yeah there's definitely luck involved and there's also I mean it's a game I think so I think that people who are consistent and keep yeah. playing the game yeah. are going to do better than people who give it like a year and they go, nah. And yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause it is, it is a lot about, you know, continuing to yeah. show up. Cause I quite, en- like I quite enjoy posting things and mm-hmm. I like, well, like I, I'll always love drawing, but I quite like going, eh, I'll share. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, I've always like, I've always really enjoyed like talking to people online. Like remember like MSN days, I had like friends on MSN and stuff and like I had a Tumblr. I loved talking to people on Tumblr. So like, like I really like connecting to like a big online community. So that's something that I feel like comes quite naturally to me, Mm -hmm. um, which probably does contribute to like how big my account has become is because I I like, I like doing it, which helps. It is good. Yeah. Yeah. So social media, it's great, but also it also like, sucks. If people hate it. I'm like, don't do it. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, it, it is its own kind of monster. Yeah, and I like the monsters sometimes. Yeah, but also sometimes I'm just like, fuck you, monster. Yeah, some days it's stressful as. Yeah. Um, but like, if you, if you're a person that like it like gives you so much anxiety that it's like no point having it, then don't have it. Mm. And that's fine. And you're normal and that's okay. It you is. don't have to. Yeah. You're not alone in feeling that way. Yeah. <laughs> so two questions. Um, one is how much of who you are in your real life do you put on Instagram? Yeah. And how do you know where to draw the boundary of like, that's private. I'm not putting that out there. Yeah. Um, or maybe you don't. Um, keep private. Uh, there is a line. I'm not like exactly sure what the line is Mm -hmm. like in, in words, but yeah, like, um, I, I do pride myself on being open and as open and as honest as I can, um, within reason. So if it's something that would like, like make me unsafe, then I won't do it. So like, I'm not going to post my address, for example, like, um, so that kind of stuff, but that's like fairly like, that's common Mm. knowledge is don't put your address online. (laughs) Don't post your phone number. Um, uh, and like, and I try and, um, make sure that like, oh, for example, I'm like dating at the moment. I'm not going to put who I'm casually seeing on Tinder on online yeah um explicitly (laughs) 
Um, but you no, can but read between the lines. You can, you can you can try and find them. No, but like I'm not gonna like post that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. um, so like respecting other people's privacy and stuff. Mm. Um, which does like come. It is something that I have to think about because, like, I I write poetry and I, like, draw things that are very, like, personal. So, like, if there is something that comes up about someone, I'm not going to say – I'm not going to put any names or anything. Like, wouldn't that be, like, hey, so-and-so, you were a horrible date. Like, <laughs> um, that would be amazing. I mean, I could Notorious. dismantle the patriarchy yeah. through one Tinder date at a time. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but, like – yeah, that kind of stuff. I, I I try and I do slip up occasionally though because I'm human. Mm-hmm. And I make mistakes, but mm-hmm. I do try and um, keep those kinds of things personal. Um, and like, it also depends on how like strong I'm feeling on a day as well. Like some days I'll try and bring up more um, sensitive topics, um, and but then some like. I'll get backlash. So like, for example, if I'm like talking about patriarchy, I often get a lot of like, but not all men. And it's like, no, I'm not attacking your boyfriend. Like you're allowed to be in love with a man. That's fine. But the system that we are part of is pretty fucked. And so I want to talk about it, but like some days I'm not in like the mental headspace to be able to handle like nitpicky trolls, you know, mm-hmm. like, or like concern trolls, like me, 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 me. I'm like, no, go away. Um, yeah, so it also, like, depends on the day, like, how much I post and stuff. But I do try and be as open as I can. Yeah. Online. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think the relationship is between social media and mental health? Um, I think it's so closely linked. Um, yeah, like, like um, and so many people that I know, myself included, get a lot of anxiety from social media. Um, and like, cause my work and my income is so closely linked. Um, it's not something that I'm able to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm just not going to do it for a week. Like I could, but then I would lose, I would lose income cause no one would be buying prints cause people would like forget that I existed. Um, um, so like, it's like very complicated. Whereas like some of my friends will be able to just switch it off. Um, and have a break from it, which is like, so nice. Um, I do envy that a little bit. Um, but also I'm very, very privileged to be able to sell my art for a living. So mm, no, no so complaints. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like, like, it's so closely linked, but I do try like the accounts that I follow and that I interact with, are like my friends and people that I care about and then people whose viewpoints align with mine. So like, I don't follow like, people who are going to make me feel shit about my body because I don't want, I don't want that in my life. And I'm not going to follow like, you know, like I follow like artists and I follow like other feminists and I, and I follow um, women of color who are really outspoken and can teach me about that, that, that I don't understand, you know, like um, I try and follow things that make like grow me and educate me and make me feel good. And, um, help me learn and stuff. I'm not going to follow things that make me feel like I'm not good enough and make me feel like um, I need to buy this or I need to look like this or I need to be friends with that kind of person. That I'm, I don't follow those kinds of accounts. So in like curating who you follow, I think can really help with the mental the mental health side of Instagram. But mm. yeah, does that make sense that. at all? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, think, uh, I think sometimes we forget that we – we control who we follow. Absolutely. And we control what we see. And yeah. um, this is a tangent. I had a 
private DM conversation with someone who has like half a million followers. Yeah. And I had specifically said something about um, not wanting to follow accounts that don't include any people of color. Yeah. Like to me, it's actually really, really uh, an important choice for me yeah. as a human being. Yeah. To be aware of what I'm putting in my brain. Absolutely. What I'm looking at. Absolutely. And if I'm following accounts that are just white people, white people, white people, white people all day. Then your mindset's going to be, oh, white people. Yeah. Yeah. It affects your brain. Absolutely. It affects the way that I see the world. It affects my mental health. Yeah. It affects my my relationships with people of all of all ages and colors. And and so I just, I went off on this, this thing about it. Um, Anyway, it was interesting because there there are differing opinions ah, yes. about such uh, such takes. But I just think it's really important to remember we do control who we follow. Absolutely. And if you're following someone that is creating an image of who you are or who the world is, yeah. who the world can be for you. Yeah. And it doesn't. It isn't the world you want to yeah. experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Then change it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, I have a sponsor for my podcast, which Mm -hmm. is Cat Footwear, and they're amazing because they are all about empowering creative people and really telling them to just like take risks and Mm -hmm. be bold. And I know that you are super duper bold when it comes to putting yourself out there. Like you're (laughs) like, you're way greater than I could ever be. Um, and I love, I love the way that your body positivity shows up on Instagram. Thank you. Can you tell me, yes, can you tell me about maybe like one of the first times that you posted like a really vulnerable photo of yourself? Um, and what was it like, like brave, bravery, courage, like taking that risk? What was that like? Yeah. Okay. So like, this is like a few years ago and very early in my discovery of body positivity and, um, feminism very early on. But, um, a friend of mine was like, um, did a call out for a photo shoot that, um, that they were doing for uni. And, um, they were like, they, they were just taking photos of women in Melbourne in, in underwear, in lingerie. And, um, and I'd always wanted to do a shoot like that, but never had before, believe it or not. Um, (laughs) and, um, and so I like, I like wrote them an email. I was like, Oh, I'm kind of, I'm like interested. Um, and so yeah, like I like I, I like showed up to the their house and like did a little lingerie photo shoot and I remember like um getting back the photos and I'd, I'd never seen a like I'd obviously seen myself in lingerie but I hadn't seen a good photo like well well lit really beautifully done photo of myself in underwear that I'd liked before and I'd ne- like and and also like and this was before I like did nudes or anything um but I like I'd never seen my body like that in a way that I I had liked before, which is like shows the power of photography, um, as well. But like, so I remember posting it and it was like so scary. And this was like early days, like probably not even a thousand followers. Um, but like, it was such an important moment for me because it really like it, it, it kickstarted this amazing journey for me Mm. of like loving my body. And I think like, um, I, I think that that, like, this could be like something that can help people, um, love their body as well. Like get like having a photo shoot can be so liberating and so fun. And like, obviously you want to do it with someone that you feel comfortable with, um, and do it safely. Um, but like it can be 
just so liberating to see your body in a way that you haven't seen it before. You know what I mean? Mm. And to feel sexy and to feel beautiful. Um, it doesn't have to be nude. It doesn't have to be lingerie, but just like a good photo shoot is like so fun. It is fun. And Not I sponsored by any photo <laughs> shoot people, but like. <laughs> well, and as a photographer, um, I think that you're right because I think that seeing yourself in a way that someone who knows what they're doing like yeah can yeah really just be like look at this look at your angles look at your look at the way the light yeah you know interacts with your hair yeah whatever. um a couple of years ago i had a, a um a boudoir shoot mm-hmm. as well and um and i remember like i had i'm like i'm like i haven't seen my ass in that and like like this before I'm yeah like, damn damn because <laughs> <laughs> i don't look at my my ass straight on much much to your surprise yeah um, but you know it was i was like oh no. okay so it's good everyone get a photo shoot yeah so what about self-care what do you do for you mm-hmm. when you're not working when you're not social media mm-hmm. oh, i'm very much a workaholic um and because my work and my like the love of my life which is drawing are the same, are like connected. It's hard for me to switch off work-wise. Um, and like also art is a form of self-care for me as well. So it's so, ooh, mm. so intermingled. Um, but like, how do I relax? I love, I, ooh, I love listening to podcasts while walking the dog. Aww. Aww. What are your faves? Um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, Shout out. Um, I am going through a belated Harry Potter phase as we were discussing earlier off mm. off record um but at the moment I'm listening to two Harry Potter podcasts one's called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text which is using techniques that religions use for their sacred texts but using those te- techniques on Harry Potter and like gleaning life information from wow. Harry Potter it's amazing wow um, and then the other one is called Witch Please, which is um, dissecting Harry Potter through a feminist lens. And so they like pull out the bits that are problematic and like talk about it and discuss it. And then they also pull out the bits that are like really like awesome. Like they have a segment that's called Granger Danger. <laughs> and, I love it. And like they talk about like how how incredible Hermione is as a character. But she also has like her problematic bits because like, oh my God, I'm going into Harry Potter now. But like... <laughs> The, you know, like her like elf liberation uh-huh. thingy that like verges on like white feminism, like, oh, let me save you mm. um, kind of stuff. So like it talks about that. So that's what wow. I like doing for relaxation is listening to Harry Potter podcasts and walking the dog. That's like, <laughs> that's, that's very me. Cute. That's very cute. I love it. Oh my gosh. Wow. I didn't even know there were, there were Harry Potter podcasts. I saw that the other day. I was like, oh my God, there are so many. Let me just list them for you. <laughs> That's dull. I love it. Um, and I also relate to you loving your work. It's mm-hmm. really hard to stop working when it doesn't feel like working. You're like, yeah. but I love it. But I want to keep doing it. <laughs> I love it's it. hard. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, important. Yeah. So last question. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something that you have in common with everyone? With, people, with people everyone. All, like, whether, we've talked about a lot. Yeah. So we talk about Christians and we talk about people in Thailand and Australians and Americans and people old, young. Yeah. What if you if you were sitting in a room with like a hundred people that were all totally different, what's the one thing that you'd be like, we all have this? Okay. I think we all have like a want 
and a, a desire to be understood and to find connection. I think that's something that is just like so innately ingrained in us as humans is that we want to find connection and to be understood. And so, yeah, that would be it. So, oh, so cheesy. No, uh, I mean, it's not that cheesy. It, it's, it's, like, and yeah, also we like, all have atoms and cells. Ding, science. <laughs> Yay. Thank you. Yay. That was like such a weird way to end. <laughs> You've been listening to Out of Line with Caroline Lee. Tweet me at Team Woodnote or tag me in your posts on Instagram using Out of Line Podcast and let me know what you thought of today's discussion and who you'd like to hear as a guest on Out of Line next. This episode of Out of Line was produced by me, Caroline. All sound editing, engineering, and original music composition by Jaden Lee. And a big thank you to Cat Footwear for working with Out of Line this season. Hit subscribe to get the next episode on your mobile device when it drops next week. And if you love what you heard, please whip out a review, will ya? <laughs>